everyone. My name is Corbin Jackson at Insurica, and I've got a special guest with me today, Kevin Barber from the Oklahoma Manufacturing Alliance. Kevin, thanks for taking time to be here today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So for the for the three people that may not know who you are in the Oklahoma manufacturing community, do you mind just sharing um, who you are and your position at the Alliance um, and a brief background, um, uh, just a brief overview of your background? Okay. Well, I am a manufacturing extension agent working for the Oklahoma Manufacturing Alliance. I have a pretty extensive manufacturing background, both having worked in manufacturing for many years, but also in providing service to them over the last uh, 15 years or so. And um, we I work for an organization called the Manufacturing, the Oklahoma Manufacturing Alliance. And it is part of the National Manufacturing Extension Partnership, uh, which is overseen by NIST and ultimately the Department of Commerce, put in place to help manufacturers to be successful and to work through whatever situations and challenges that they are facing in order to help the economy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you can you provide uh, insight into how the alliance is structured? So you're a manufacturing extension agent, uh, and to my knowledge, there's a multiple manufacturing extension agents by geography. Is that right? Well, that's right. And if you take it back up to the national level, <clears throat> there's a what they call a center in every state in Puerto Rico, and from those centers, there are people that are basically charged with getting out into the community, into the manufacturers that exist in their community and working with them to help help them with whatever challenges they have. The Oklahoma Manufacturing Alliance has 15 manufacturing extension agents and three uh, applications engineers that are charged with doing that. The Manufacturing extension agents are charged with getting out and identifying manufacturers and working with them directly. And then we work with service providers and, you know, whatever it takes really to help that manufacturer to be successful. We help to make that connection and bring in that resource. And one of those resources is our or are our applications engineers that are part of our organization. No, that's great. So, um, so during this time, um, you know, during COVID-19 and there's a lot of changes going on and it's rapidly evolving day by day. Um, how have you as a manufacturing extension agent adapted to that and how are you serving? Um, what are some ways that you're serving current Oklahoma manufacturers right now? Well, working with manufacturers right now is a very fluid thing. We've got manufacturers in all sorts of states. We've got people that are going very strongly right now. The food industry, for instance, is very strong right now. So I've got a pet food manufacturer that I work with that is doing very well. But we have a lot of small to medium-sized manufacturers that are 
currently being stressed by the economic situation and how we have been working with them. It may vary between manufacturing extension agents, but in my case, pretty early on, we were asked to either limit our travel or shelter in place. Our manufacturers have stopped accepting visitors. And what really was evident to us early on was that the legislation that was coming through for economic assistance to the manufacturers was something that was very fluid, difficult to understand because you know the legislation was fresh, nobody had really had a chance to dig in. So what we've been doing in recent days is digging through the legislation, both, both for the CARES Act and uh, the other acts uh, that are put together for helping companies be economically viable, and then trying to provide as good, you know, in terms of factual and to the point communications, regular communications to the clients, letting them know how we think that it's going to roll out in the early stages and now letting them know how they can take advantage of the incentives. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great segue into the next question I have for you. So there's been some, um, maybe not confusion, but just questions around uh, how do you define an essential versus non-essential manufacturing company um, from that standpoint? Um, what insight do you have with that uh, for ma manufacturing companies that might be listening now um, of how to navigate that? Well, if we've been doing our job and if they're being served by one of us currently, they know the answer to that. It's kind of interesting. And I'll start by saying that early on, everybody identified the fact that we've got a situation where there's lots of resources that are needed supplies that are needed, and there are huge shortages, of medical supplies in particular. And the local government, the state government, realized early on that they might need additional resources to make those supplies. They might need companies to pivot and start making medical supplies where they made some other product in the past. And so with that in mind, the Oklahoma Department of Commerce and the state said all manufacturers are essential. They did that for the purposes of allowing them to keep their doors open, allow the people to continue working for those manufacturers and serve so that if there is a need to reach out to those manufacturers to say, hey, we need this, we need respirators, help us right. to make these respirators, they can turn on those manufacturers and not have to, uh, not put the manufacturer in a situation where they're having to scramble to try to rebuild the workforce. Yeah, um, no, I, I, and I've seen that uh, at least in a couple, couple different scenarios. So a company called Rapid Application Group, they're actually mm -hmm. 3D printing um, these masks for hospitals, which I thought was really neat. Um, and then also, Covercraft recently, I read that um, they're creating, you know, personal protection equipment in their facilities. So have you seen a lot of manufacturing companies in Oklahoma kind of pivot towards that um, creating those PPE type materials? We, I've seen some, I think that 
there are a lot of manufacturers that are interested in doing that. They either want to do it for revenue purposes, or I talked with a manufacturer this morning that was interested in doing it for the sake of the country. Right. So, you know, lots of different reasons, but uh, the answer is I've seen a few. The challenge gets to be there are regulations that have to be met in the medical community in order for these supplies to be used in most cases. And um, connect, uh, connecting the right resources that have the right registrations with the people that can perhaps help with, you know, maybe the supply chain or some of the light assembly or whatever, putting all of that together has been the uh, challenge. And it's the challenge that we're working on now, to be quite frank with you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are you seeing that, um, that the equipment, the PPE, if they're making the medical equipment, go directly to the end consumer? Or is that like an application process through the state of Oklahoma where they apply um, to make that or adapt and shift and make that equipment? So it's it's happening in a lot of different ways. I've got one client company that started making face shields and they were, you know, doing anything that they could to identify demand and connect and so they've they've made a successful connection with the uh Oklahoma County Health Department and are delivering those face shields directly. So they made that connection themselves. We're still trying to get the infrastructure into place to help facilitate that and make that easier for people. The uh, Oklahoma Department of Commerce now has, uh, as you know, they have a website up that uh, at the top of their website, there is a COVID-19 link in red you click on that and it takes you to a lot of COVID-19 resources. And I look today and at the bottom of that page, there is a survey that you can fill out if you're interested in being part of that process. Their hope is to work with us and others to help companies to be able to use whatever capability they have to, to fill that final need. And again, I, th I think probably the there's two barriers that need to be overcome. One of them is the medical FDA requirements. And the other, of course, is just simply connecting the supply with the demand. We've got a lot of innovative manufacturers out there that have, it didn't take them very long to pivot and start making product. And a lot of them are now are saying, I've got product, what do I do with it? So. Right. That's the final, the final hurdle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I as think, a menu I think, by the way, sorry to interrupt, but I think, by the way, that uh, I think this Department of Commerce tool that's out on their website, I think that's going to play a part in that. Okay, no, that's good information to know, especially for the listeners. Um, from uh, from your perspective as a manufacturing extension agent. Have you gotten any inquiries on the you know, small business administration type loans um, that I'm hearing people talk about? Uh, yes, um, we are getting a lot of interest in the small business loans. 
it really depends on the customer's current situation. But I would assume that most of your clients are at this point pretty well advised on what is available and what they're going to go for. In the next day or so, the banks are going to be offering the Paycheck Protection Program loan under the CARES Act. And that particular vehicle has a, it's got a certain amount of money. I believe it was something like $340 billion or something like that. But you take that money and you divide it up among the nation's banks that are SBA qualified, you limit the amount of funds that are available for any particular bank. So what we anticipate is going to happen and something that you should let your your clients know about is that the people that get to the trough first, if you will, they'll be fine, but we expect the banks to be running out of funds pretty quickly because of the interest in that loan. Now that loan is, it's basically you apply with the bank. So some banks will have online applications, others may handle it in person, but it's a direct process with the bank for the application of that loan. The administration of that loan will be, uh, you know, on the tail end, will be done through the SBA, but the front end is the bank. Uh, there's another loan out there, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, EIDL. It is a, it's basically an SBA loan put together for disaster, disaster recovery purposes. It is already in motion and, and manufacturers are already applying for that. I think some of them are probably getting pretty close to securing them by now. And those, um, I'm sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought, but uh, those loans should start flowing pretty quickly. And those are applied through by going to the SBA website and logging on and applying. Okay. So, so one, you go to the bank, the other, you go to the SBA website. Gotcha. No, I, I appreciate that information. So obviously, as you mentioned earlier, this, this whole situation is, is fluid and evolving every day. Uh, is there a way that the um, Oklahoma Manufacturing Alliance have a, like, a resource page that they can go to or a ways that they can contact you or their extension agent? Uh, yes, we have a website. It's www.okalliance, as in manufacturing, manufacturing alliance, okalliance.com. And our website has a lot of good information on it, including how to connect with the individual agents around the state. Okay. And I'll, I'll go ahead and link that in this video too, so people can see that and click on it from here. So excellent. Um, well, Kevin, I know I know you're busy, and I'm sure you've got a lot of uh, other calls to be on. So, but I, I really do appreciate your time today, uh, sharing this information with us. Uh, it's been valuable for me, and I'm sure others that are listening as well. So I appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Corbin, and thanks for everything that you're doing for your clients. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great day. Okay. You too.